Welcome back to the Tim Eagle Podcast. I am Tim Eagle, and today I have a special guest on the Tim Eagle Podcast. Number one, I'm using some alien software, so that's fitting, and I apologize ahead of time for some of the technical difficulty that you may incur. Um, enjoy, as we are broadcasting from somewhere in southeast Michigan, and I'd like to introduce a fellow writer and um, author Brent D. Seth, who writes science fiction, has a couple of books out, which will let him tell us a little bit more about that in this episode. So, uh, welcome, Brent. How are you today? Um, hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Hey, um, so give us a little bit, tell us a little bit um, about yourself, something interesting about you that maybe somebody might not know if, if they just run into you at the Kroger store. Oh, you always start off with questions that I don't know how to answer because I hate talking about myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm just your average 50-year-old guy with uh, way too many cats at home because I take in homeless cats. Uh, I collect Legos. <laughs> Uh, and I have a uh, just a wide range of interests from gardening to home improvement, and I like to keep busy. Okay, um, so where did you grow up? I mean, that's like a burning question for a lot of people that um, are reading fiction today, and uh, it's just a curiosity a lot of times. And when did you start writing? Okay, well, I grew up, there's several questions in there, but they overlap. I grew up in uh, central Illinois in the area around Bloomington. Bloomington and Peoria area, so you can see that on the map, uh, which is a waste of ink, for, frankly. But uh, anyway, it was living in that general area when I was about... Uh, well, I was... I did, okay, I actually remember the, the exact day. I had just... not by the calendar but i had just finished up uh, eighth grade it was over the summer and one evening late at night because i school was out so i could stay up as late as i wanted I was just sitting in the living room and it, i just suddenly started writing my little daydreams down on paper and it started then so when that was 1980 and then i did didn't end up moving to Michigan until I was uh, in my 30s. Okay. So, like, you started just writing, you started jotting ideas down, and it just kind of flourished from there then. Um, yeah, I mean, did I, you have the interest in the science fiction or, you know, when you first started writing those daydreams down or ideas? Oh, definitely. It was almost all sci-fi. Okay. So, what were some of your, like, earlier the earlier authors that you might have read that just like sparked that interest i know we all have like somebody that you know tugs at our heart and says hey this is you want to tell stories like this but you have your own ideas um you know who were some of those authors oh back in the day and again it's hard to kind of remember what i was reading then but uh i know i read uh octavia butler ray bradbury a lot of Ray Bradbury back then, uh, which was a pretty probably a pretty strong influence. Uh, and of course, mostly though, I was it was the it was TV and movies that mainly steered me in that direction. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I love Ray Ray Bradbury. He's a oh yeah. He, he's just he walks that line um, of what they call kind of almost like soft core sci-fi. You know, yes. it's not like super Star Trek. You know, he's more like a Star Wars. You know, if you were to yeah, definitely like. like like the opposite of Isaac Asimov, which you have to have all kinds of degrees just to understand. <laughs> exactly. And and so like when you write your science fiction stories, I know you have a couple, um, Short Fuse and Loose Cannon, which is the sequel to Short Fuse um, available out there on Amazon. Right. Um, so how do you make time for writing? Um, do you just sit down and write every day or do you just um you know do it randomly do you have any kind of system or routine that you use when you're writing no i don't and i mean i wish i could force myself into that and i've tried but it never works out uh i have to be in the mood to do it because okay. if i don't if i'm not really in the mood then it's going to show in the work and it's just going to be tell you could you could tell that I'm forcing myself to do this when I don't feel like it. Yeah, it just makes it a little bit more frustrating. Yeah, and it comes through on the page that you know I'm not into it. Okay, no, like I've had like I'm a writer as well, but I've had um, a really weird question posed to me all the time, and it's it's almost a juvenile question because I mean, but I have to ask it because a lot of people are curious that might be interested in writing um they always ask me how long does it, a short story take to write now in in your experience um and i know there's different variations to this answer you know the answer to this question <laughs> um because there's so many variations of short stories so like if someone were to ask you how long does a short story take you you know to write Okay. Yeah. Now I haven't done a whole lot of short stories, but okay. but for for most of them, it usually one setting to get the entire first draft done. Because usually, like I have a ton of them that are unfinished. Because usually, if I don't finish the story, at least the you know the raw bones of the story in one day, I probably never come back to it. Uh, the, okay. Still, it's, uh, you know, if I can say I have a fan favorite, it's my short story, Crap from the Magi, which everyone who's ever read it says it's one of the funniest things they ever read. <laughs> I even won an award for that. And I wrote that almost to the same form it's in now in like three hours. Okay. So because it was it, one of those ideas you had then that... Yeah, it just it just all made sense and it clicked. But then I have another short story that's um, actually, I think it's my favorite, uh, Confessions of the Neighborhood Flesh Eater. I wrote that one evening in a, about the first four pages of it. And then I kind of lost interest. And it was like two or three years later, I woke up one day and realized, oh, that's why it didn't work. And then I finished it. So... I just woke up one morning and realized why I lost interest in what I need to do to fix it. By the way, both of those are available for free on Smashwords. Oh, nice. Yeah, Smashwords is another um, underrated place to get some free fiction from your favorite indie authors. It and I hate, coin I hate coining the frame indie author, but essentially that's what 
yeah. you know, what we are. Um, and there's no getting around it. It's um, also a, uh, it's a good way, especially if in some cases, like uh, Crap from the Magi was published in a uh, annual once. With, okay. With, when something's been published once, you know, there's other publishers don't even want to touch it because there are rights issues or potential rights issues. So, you know, if you're, you've made money off something once, then just put it on Smashwords for free and you might attract new readers that way. Exactly. Um, and I know that's uh, one of the problems I personally have. Um, in fact, I find that this is like a, a topic that's going to, our opinions or your opinion and my opinion might not suit well with some of the listeners um, out there, but social media is sometimes like a big nuisance um, for indie writers, like yeah. us, because it's so involved. Like I find personally that I have to get on there and I have to make that a part of my, I'm a routine writer and I have to make that a part of my routine. Um, you know, you have a website to maintain Facebook page or two, there's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the newest mosquito is the <laughs> mosquito in the ear is TikTok. Oh, um, I, was oh. Tell, I thought you were going to tell me there's one called mosquito now, which wouldn't surprise uh, me. Just, I <laughs> think we should work on that. A mosquito <laughs> is a social media platform for writers only. Um, yeah. So how much time, if any, do you spend on social media sites? Uh, very little, because social media just really really annoys me and it often makes me angry so i decided for my blood pressure i just try to stay off of it i might you know glance through things occasionally but when i have something new coming out i put more effort into it okay so you, you just kind of do it as as needed prn is the nurses and doctors call it yes um, and I mean, you know, some people say, oh, you should post regularly. Well, I only post when I have actually something to say. I'm not going to just, you know, search for a meme just so I can have a recent post. Yeah. And I, and I get that because it's, um, well, they say you should post more regularly because these algorithms on these social media sites are geared towards um, regularity. Yeah. You know, so they, in order for, other so-called friends or connections to see your stuff, you actually need to post regularly or it'll just completely ignore you all the time and won't even yeah. show people your posts. Yeah. I just um, can't make, I just can't make myself do it. I'm too lazy for that. Oh, I, I definitely hear you on that front. I am opposed to social media, but realize that, you know, we are in 2021 and I have to, consider some of it but i it's yeah. a fine balancing act for me too um so which what have you found in the short amount of social media sites that you do use or the short amount of time you use them uh, what sites help you get the most results like the most organic i guess they're calling it these days connections i i think actually i've gotten uh, more out of twitter than anything else which okay and one of these, I haven't been on Twitter in a couple of weeks because I bought a new laptop computer and I somehow lost my, uh, I mean, not laptop, desktop computer, and I lost my password and I need to reload all of that. <laughs> okay. So you've, you've been using Twitter longer than the other ones then, I take it. It's certainly more for, more as, as a professional outlet, I've used Twitter more and I've gotten, I said, a lot more uh, 
results out of that. Okay. Now, um, with COVID, it's been really super hard for everybody to, you know, to do this whole social activity around your writing, the grassroots activities yeah. might have, um, you know, gotten weak. Right. Um, so, like, but this, I mean, kind of getting out to events to promote an outdoor markets, you know, or to promote your fiction. Have you been able to gain readers by getting off the internet and actually meeting and getting and greeting potential fans of your work? Or primarily, do you do you use the internet for those um, connections? Like, how have you made connections with physical people by these grassroots well, activities? Yeah, the um, sci-fi conventions before COVID were the best way because you don't have to search for your possible fans because they are right there. Those are the people who you already know are interested in your kind of material. So, and that's always a great way of, uh, actually, I think, yeah, for me, that's always been the best way. And it's easier to just uh, actually talk to people directly than try to come up with writing something that somebody might want to read, you know, in a one paragraph to get them to look deeper. It's, okay. But it's, during the pandemic, I really didn't have any idea what to do other than the little bit I did already on social media. Okay. Well, no, I've personally tried writing under a, um, another name or pseudonym as, right. and it, it completely, it stressed me out. Um, literally it just stressed me out because I, I am who I am and I can't change my name just to suit a picky reader or, you know, a family member that might not like some of the stuff that I write. Um, because I just like to write what I write, uh, regardless of the territory or genre it travels down. Uh, what do you personally think about writing under an assumed name? Um, do you think being an indie writer that it's even worth it? Well, there are there are I think there are good reasons for pen names and bad reasons for pen names. A uh, if I was to write something like okay, a kid, my uh, my two novels have quite a bit of swearing in them and a fair amount of violence. But if I was to say write a kids book, I would probably come up with a different name, just because I'd hate you know for just to cross the two. Okay. Uh, I think, like I said, that's a really good name for a pen name. A good reason. A bad reason, though, of course, is you're trying to make yourself sound more interesting. I mean, Brent Seth is my real name, and it's a boring name. And But, you know, if I came up with something more dramatic, I think that would uh, just make me look like a fake. Okay. Was this how um, I would feel about it? Right. So, um... You have a couple of books out. Um, I'm, I'm nearing, this is, we're nearing the end of the, um, the interview now. Unless, I mean, did you want to touch on anything that I might not have asked? Or do you have anything else to kind of add other than um, my last couple questions? Um, you know, you want to you wanna talk about some of the, the couple of books, novels that you have available um, and let the listeners know where they can buy them? Well, sure. You know, the, titles and, and all of that fun stuff. Sure. Uh, well, I started with Short Fuse. That was my first novel that was originally published by a traditional publishing house that has since closed before I went independent. 
uh, I started it off not even taking it seriously myself. I was just writing it to amuse myself. I never even considered that it would be publishable, at least not when I was writing it. And I was just, because of course I've always written science fiction and even though I am a big fan of science fiction, you have to admit that part of it is just openly absurd. And that's why I decided to write a comedy that's not making fun of science fiction, but it is just saying, showing how some of these tropes, like specifically alien abduction, is kind of silly. And so I ran with that. And uh, that after I uh, finished it, I realized this is actually a pretty, this is a, a really, it's a, a serious science fiction story written by a smart ass. <laughs> okay. And then uh, just uh, last year I published self-published because the first one was self-published at this point, I wrote a uh, sequel to it called loose cannon, which continues the story. And I am very proud of myself for, because what's so easy to do with a sequel that I didn't, I did not tell the same story twice. Right. Yeah, I, I had the honor of reading both of those books, and they're they're excellent roller coaster rides, and you don't need a degree to read them. No, at all. no. There's, there's all kinds of like witty humor in there. There's it's just there's a ton going on, but it, it funnels you know right up, and it just it's a, just like a roller coaster ride, literally, um, well, when you. you're reading the books. And I I highly recommend them. Um, you could find both of Brent's um, novels on Amazon. And, and did you recently um, offer another option um, to purchase in the novels or is, was it just one novel for um, back? Yeah, I just, uh, Amazon self-publishing uh, facility, whatever you call it, it, just recently added hardcovers as an option. And so I just went back and reposted reconstructed both of those so they are available in hardback paperback or for kindle okay that's that's really good now i know amazon also features that kindle unlimited are all of them featured for uh, kindle unlimited where people can read it for free yes they are okay well that, that's really good now i do have one last question before i let you go um and it's it's kind of a quirky question, but I think it's uh, it's interesting. Um, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? And what would you pick for that meal? <laughs> <laughs> Harriet Beecher Stowe, Charles Darwin. Oh, and okay, and what the heck, Isaac Newton, because all three of them wrote books that changed the world, and I would like to know if they had any idea that was going to happen. All right, and what would you eat with them? Now, that is the silliest question I've ever been asked. I don't know. As long as the wine was good, I wouldn't care about the food. Oh, so just drink and smoke. That, that would be it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about, that sounds simple enough. And the conversation, I'm sure, would go really well with the uh, smoke and, and some wine. Yeah. 
Great. Well, everyone listening, uh, this was uh, Brent D. Seth joining the Tim Eagle podcast. And uh, thanks, Brent, for stopping by. Oh, um, especially to kick off the October month with the first podcast in October. Um, I wanted to do it with a, a new creative that some people might not have heard of before. And hopefully they listen to this podcast and uh, it comes out okay. And you could pick up his book, Short Views, and Short Views 2, Loose Cannon, on Amazon in all formats, plus the So thank you so much, Brent, for stopping by. Okay, I lost you for a second. I'm back. Okay. All right. Uh, that concludes the Tim Eagle podcast. Thank you, everyone, for um, listening. And you just want to head over to Amazon and check Brent's writing out. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for stopping by. Have a good night, good morning, or a good day, wherever you are. Okay. Thank you.